guys welcome back to the summer show episode number six and uh before we get started uh, talking about movies i want to talk a little bit about the uh, democratic debates that happened on wednesday and thursday so come on i'm just kidding no that's not what the show is that's not what the show is about it never will be about um it's just movies and tv shows we're called the movie people but we talk about tv shows too but today we have a lot of interesting topics first off we're going to start with the box office, but before I do that, I should probably introduce who's here with me. Um, we got Rachel. Hi. And Rodrigo. Hey, y'all. And Chase. How's it going? Yeah, so last week we talked about Toy Story 4. Rachel, did you get a chance to see it? No, not yet. I need to, though. I think and maybe then, next week I'll try and go. Uh, Rodrigo, did you? Yeah. Did you like it? I loved it. <laughs> uh, where would you rank it in... The whole series. It's uh, under three, tied with two. Tied with uh, one being at the bottom. Oh, you're crazy. Okay, whatever. Um, but uh, not about the actual movie, but about the box office. So now this has kind of been like a hot topic around this: is if Toy Story Four is a disappointment or not. So Toy Story Four made 120 million dollars in its opening weekend. And some people have said that that's a disappointment because the projections were at $140 million. That's what Disney was projecting, and it came under that. So there's two ways to really think about this box office, and if it's a disappointment or if it's fine. You can think of it in the way that this summer has been, where every single movie has been underperforming. And like this was only the third movie to break $100 million at the box office. So if you look at it in that lens, then this is... This is a success. It's a it made a hundred twenty million dollars on like I think a two hundred million dollar budget, but I mean it's made two hundred fifty worldwide. I think so. It's gonna it's doing fine. It didn't drop that. It's not gonna drop that much this weekend. So if you look at it at that lens, it did pretty well. But then if you look at it from the lens of recent sequels that have been out made by Disney, like Incredibles two, which made like a hundred seventy million dollars. I can't really remember. And then uh, Finding Dory, which also made over $150 million. Then Toy Story 4 seems like a little bit of a disappointment. In my opinion, it kind of falls in line with how the other Toy Stories are. Toy Story is like a great franchise, but it's not as reliable in the box office as people would think. I mean, I remember I was reading back, I was watching a box office with Dan Merrill, um, or charting with Dan, and he actually looked back at some of the Toy Story 3 numbers and how people were saying that that movie was a disappointment. So Toy Story 4, I just think it was unrealistic. Those people who were like, oh, it could be Incredibles 2 and it could make $200 million. I didn't think it was ever really going to do that. It's just not that franchise. It's not hooked into the pop culture as much as a film like Incredibles 2 or like if a Ratatouille 
2 came out, I think it would probably perform better than Toy Story 4 did. But I don't necessarily think it's a, it's a disappointment. But uh, what do you all think? Rodrigo, I mean, you go first. Okay, so it's, it, I think it falls kind of in line to where I think most people realistically had this movie performing. Um, I, it was easily going to make over $100 million opening weekend. I think 120 is probably, probably in the lower end of most projections, but still like in that range. Um, I, you said like, it's, I think Toy Story is a lot more ingrained in pop culture than you think. Because like the amount of advertising I've seen for companies that are not targeted at kids using the Toy Story brand to, you know, market their stuff, uh, it's um, quite significant. <laughs> um, I just, I'm just saying, like, if you compare it to, like, I think, at least for kids today, they would, um, you know, they recognize more with something like The Incredibles or something like Ratatouille or even, well, not Cars, I, I think, but like I, I something don't like think, I don't think kids nowadays know what Ratatouille is. Um, uh, I disagree with that. I, I, I just feel like that's just not there see here's the thing like incredibles and finding dory and i think those are the comparisons people are making is like i think they were both they were both franchises that took like almost a decade and a half to get sequels mm -hmm. and they came off from very successful very uh uh you know the, you know movies with big fan bases and like especially with something like incredibles there was always such a demand for a sequel for that movie that a sequel to The Incredibles was going to be astronomically huge regardless. Toy Story 4 is like, I feel a lot of people are still somewhat in defense about it. Or like, hey, the movie's, it probably is great, but like, I'm still not sure if like, we still needed a Toy Story 4. And I, I feel like, I still feel a lot of people are a bit apprehensive about a Toy Story 4, even after all the good reviews and good word of mouth. Um, well, I, I maybe that's why the numbers thing. are not quite as big as something like Incredibles, where like everybody wanted to see a sequel to that. Um, but I mean, well, I think yeah. Toy Story 4 is going to do well. I mean, like it's it's probably going to make a billion dollars, and if it doesn't, it's going to be just short of it. So, Toy Story um, 4. I don't think it'll make a billion dollars, um, especially because Far From Home's coming out on Tuesday, that's going to take a lot of the box office away. Two weeks after that is Lion King and then Once Upon a Time. So I don't think it's going to make a billion dollars just because it's not going to have the staying power that I think some of these other ones have. But I think you had a good point to where, I guess Incredibles was the first sequel to Incredibles because Incredibles wasn't a finished story. This was That was the first sequel to that. Finding Nemo wasn't a finished story. It was the first sequel to that. But this Toy Story was very much a complete franchise that um, I, at least in my opinion, should have stayed complete at number three. But, and then when you add another one onto that, it's a lot harder to market that. It's something that you need to see because Incredibles is like, yeah, a continuation of a story that didn't end. This one is a continuation of a story that easily could have ended with its third one. But Rachel, what do you think? Is this a disappointment? Um, I mean, as a whole, no, of course it's not a disappointment because it's another Disney movie making over $100 million. But I think there is probably an element of fatigue or I would think maybe like a lack of differentiation. Like I'm sure, I think, like Rodrigo was saying, I think a lot of people are maybe 
unsure about this or be like, or probably being like, I mean, do we need another one? Even though the critical reviews have been, you know, really overwhelming and really great. I think, yeah, there is that element of, I don't know if we need this. And maybe, yeah, like you were saying with Finding Dory and um, Incredibles, those were all, yeah, like you said, those were sequels to um, really big movies and sequels that came out ages. So that hype, um, or ages after the original, so that hype was definitely there, but maybe a little less so with this. But overall, like, no, of course, it's not a disappointment. They're, Disney's fine. <laughs> now, speaking of Disney being fine, this is, like, getting kind of ridiculous. Because this is, we've talked about how Disney's dominating the box office this summer and how it's really, they're the only ones really succeeding them and uh, maybe Keanu Reeves with John Wick. But... The top movie of this year was Avengers Endgame with $357 million. The second movie is Captain Marvel. It had over $150 million. Toy Story 4 is number three with its $120 million. Um, Aladdin is number four right now with $91 million. And Us right now is number five with, I think, $70 million. Now, when Spider-Man Far From Home comes out, that's going to be... Um, it comes out on a Tuesday, so it's... Friday, the Sunday opening weekend, quote unquote, will actually be a little bit smaller. Like it's projected to open to $150 million over the sixth day. I don't know how much it's going to make over the three day. So let's say those three days, the Friday through Sunday is under $91 million. That'll put Spider-Man into the number five spot. And then when Lion King comes out later, and it's going to make probably around $150 million, probably up to $200 million that's going to be vaulted into the top five, which means number one through five at the top openings of this year will all be Disney. And then number six will be another property that's associated with Disney and Spider-Man Far From Home. So it's an absolute, like, it's, it. and that's what gets kind of scary. Oh, yeah. It's the fact that they're already this big and they don't even, they're not even using the Fox properties yet. And, and that's, that's something that, I mean, people have, have to look at in the future, which I'm kind of hoping people just, you know, stop caring about the live action remakes because it's bad for movies if every, if Disney just gets all the money. Well, but, I, this, I feel like this year's kind of abnormal for Disney just because they're putting out literally a, the heaviest hitter for every single one of the franchises. Like Marvel, they're releasing the biggest Avengers movie. For the live action remakes, they're releasing the biggest Disney movie in The Lion King. For mm-hmm. animation, they're releasing a new Frozen movie. That's going to be huge. They're releasing the last Star Wars movie in the Skywalker saga. Yeah. So like, they're releasing Toy Story for, for Pixar. So like, they're releasing just the biggest names in the franchises um, this year. So I feel like years coming forward, I don't think they're going to have quite a strong hold as they have right now. Yeah, but now they have the Fox property. So like, I don't even know. Because they're like, they own like at least 50% of all popular IPs um, going today. So I don't know. It's something to think about. But let's move on to the news. Uh, There was a lot of cool things that came out this week. The first thing is, same with Stranger Things? Yep. Uh, I do. Yeah. Um, The final trailer came out last week. And... First of all, whoever cuts the Stranger Things trailer is, is amazing. Like, they, they've never made a bad trailer before. Um, but this trailer in particular, it, it showed a lot. I think it showed a little bit too much, but I think that's on me for watching a third trailer. Usually third trailers show a lot because, you know, they're really trying to get people into the theater or whatever. But this, this looks huge. 
Like, this looks like a 100 to $200 million budgeted movie. There were even parts of it that made it seem like a, like a Godzilla-type movie. Like, they're absolutely huge monsters. Um, they revealed the villain, who I won't spoil. But um, this, to me, Stranger Things, which kind of makes me scared, but kind of also makes me excited. It looks like it's really going for, like, this is going to be the biggest, scariest, you know, crazy season that we've ever done and you know like we hope we're on for the ride so rodrigo did you see the trailer yeah i saw the trailer and i'm actually pretty excited for it i didn't need this trailer i mean, i was already excited to watch as see a season three for stranger things just because it's a great show wait quick question uh, did you like season two or season one better i definitely prefer season one better i think season two try to go a little bigger and some parts worked, but then some other things just didn't hit. <coughs> Episode seven. <coughs> um, yeah. And um, yeah, but but I, I still really enjoyed season two, and I like them trying to expand the world a lot more, especially. And then the new season three seems to be doing that again. Uh, the, you know, the kids are growing up, and I see the kids are starting to like get the acting, uh, their acting shops um, a little better. Kind of like you noticed it with the Harry Potter kids as they kept growing up yeah uh so yeah i'm just really excited for this season and like i think netflix should be trying to keep quality like this for most of their shows which they don't well <laughs> yeah they don't really they don't usually throw money at their shows like they're throwing it at stranger things but yeah i mean then, I, yeah. I think they treat stranger things kind of like hbo through the game of thrones um, well this is their game and i think now with game of thrones gone this is the show. This is like, it's not going to be like Game of Thrones in the same sense because in Game of Thrones, everybody was watching it at the same time. So there could be this huge conversation around it. It's not going to be the same thing with Stranger Things because it's on Netflix and people are going to binge it. But like, I think, like everyone's saying, what's the next Game of Thrones? I think for right now, Stranger Things is that Game of Thrones. And if this season hits the way it could, like if it's as good as it can be, then I think you have to put it up there with, you know, some of these great shows. Because I actually personally think season two is better than season one, besides that one episode. Um, I think it was the best combination of, like, fan service and, you know, still developing your characters and having a good plot. And, like, a lot of great dynamic, like, the dynamic between Steve and um, Caden Maderazzo's character. What's his character? Dustin? Dustin Steve and yeah. Dustin was a... Uh, was really good. Actually, side sidetracked. Um, have y'all thought? Have y'all seen Gaden Matarazzo's new Netflix show? I <laughs> don't heard like about it. it? Oh, I've yeah. heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Now he was getting a lot of um, flack because his new show, which I don't think has came out yet, um, it's about well, when they when people were talking about it, they described it as a show where you promise people that they've got a job. And then you make them do like crazy things throughout the episode, and at the end you tell them it was all fake. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people got mad mm. at him, and they were like, "You're a terrible person," blah 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 blah. But then he kind of came out and said, "Well, every single person on this show, well, it was guaranteed to them that it was just a one day job, and not like a lifetime job. So that's not like they were going to count on this to be their income or anything. So for that reason." It's all okay, and they were all compensated at the end of the day. I still think 
this is just an ill-conceived show. I don't I don't understand how this got past the writers' room. But, um, yeah, didn't it involve homeless people? Uh, I hope not. That would make it much <laughs> worse. I just, yeah, I think they said it involved like homeless people like working for like a day, and then like, uh oh, ha, ha, gotcha. Uh, you're on a hidden camera show. There's a hidden camera there. That's and so terrible. Yeah, it just it got. That's I don't know. Hopefully it gets canceled, but it does not sound <laughs> right. good. I feel bad yeah. anytime I like people are you know mean or like you know derogatory towards these kids. But like that's bad. They need to cancel this show. Yeah. <laughs> but um, back to Stranger Things though. Yeah, I think this season, if it if it really gets to where it needs to go. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really, really good. And I don't know. Yeah, it comes out on July fourth. So if you haven't seen Stranger Things, try to catch up. It's a good show. But uh, speaking of Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown uh, and Henry Cavill are cast in a new Sherlock Holmes movie. So Henry Cavill's gonna play the Sherlock Holmes, and then Millie Bobby Brown is, I believe, his younger sister. Or your daughter, or something like that, Elon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I have I have never seen a uh, Sherlock Holmes film before. Actually, I've only seen one episode of Elementary, so I don't really have any. Like, I don't care. Is is Henry Cavill British? Yeah. Mm, no. Okay. Oh, wait. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So at least oh, he wow. doesn't have to fake the voice. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, eh, whatever. Rachel, do you care? Um, no. It seems like it's gonna be a kids movie. I think. Like. Um, it's pretty much like she's like a like a like a little kid Sherlock Holmes kind of thing, and I think he pops up as her older brother. Um, I mean, it's fine. I'm sure it's cute. It'll be a cute. It'll be a cute like sh- little girl Sherlock Holmes. So, not for me, but Chase. Yeah, not really. I think there's something similar to that coming out recently with Dave Bautista, uh, called the uh, Spot. I don't know, like uh. Something it's like some movie with him and a, like a little girl, but yeah, I'm it's not my type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rodrigo, does anyone care about this? <laughs> not, I not 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 really. By the no, way, her I, name I, is I, Enola. By the way, I just looked it up. It's Enola Holmes. That's the character Millie Bobby Brown's gonna play. See, here's the thing: nothing's gonna beat the BBC's Sherlock, so there's no point in seeing another Sherlock thing. If, is that the Tenet one? The, uh, the Cumberbatch. Yeah. Cumberbatch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there have been like a million Sherlock Holmes, adap- Sherlock Holmes adaptations, but I'm sure this will be good for kids. Yeah. Um. We'll see. Also, I have no problems with Millie Bobby Brown. Whatever. She's she's cool. But like, I do have a problem with her makeup department. Like, they. She's 15 years old, but obviously they don't want anyone to think that. So they they do all this stuff to her face to make her look like she's in her young 20s. Like I saw her on a, in an interview with James Corden for Late Late London or whatever, and it was her and Lily James. And Lily James is like 30, but they look like, you know, near the same age because just the way that their, you know, makeup departments make them up, which I say, like, let, let Millie Bobby Brown be 15 for a second yeah. like they keep trying to make her all old but also she's, good for her because she made a million in godzilla so yeah she's getting money what are you saying 
Oh, well, she's also a model, too. And whenever, with, like, young child stars, especially girls, I'm always a little wary. Like, I just always want to make sure that their parents are cool and, like, know what's going on and make sure, yeah, she's not having to, like, grow up too fast or be an adult too quickly. Um, Because that's always a a hard situation to be in. So I hope her... I hope she has a good support system, I guess. Yeah. Um, also, do you know um, the black kid from Stranger Things is 17? That, I don't know why. It always surprises believe- me, even though I know it. And it's like, that's crazy. He's like three years younger than me. How oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. He's playing like a... He's my brother's age, which is weird. Oh. Mm. I don't know. I just see them as kids. And then it's like, yeah, Lucas like has, has his driver's license for like a year now. He just graduated high school. I was like, what? <laughs> um, okay. So also moving on. This is um, Chase got me. Actually, that's not true. I got myself in trouble uh, earlier this week. So uh, Olivia Cook and Lakeith Stanfield were in talks to uh, oh, no. do a Disney Plus fairy tale. And uh, Chase, uh, Chase uh, tagged me on Instagram to the article or whatever that someone had posted. So I saw it and I, I was just responding to Chase. So I put, uh, you know, I love Olivia, but I don't uh, love Lakeith Stanfield that much. Um, I'm still excited though. And then turns out uh, Lakeith Stanfield was the one who had posted that. So oh, oh. Then, then he... Uh, <laughs> He replied with like a sad face and then, you know, all his fans were calling me a bad person. And and then, uh, what's it? And then I was kind of like, oh, shoot, I didn't know it was you. I'm sorry. He didn't respond to that. Then he ended up deleting the post. Um, But he didn't block me. (laughs) Yeah, I can't see any of his posts anymore. It says he still has two. (laughs) No, no, he didn't. He blocked like everybody. Like I checked from... Like the NT account, and he's like he didn't like. It still says two posts. Oh man, because I know he deleted that post, but then I don't know if he. Which I don't. I don't think that he deleted that post because of me or anything. I think he deleted it probably because Disney Plus was like we didn't even finalize this yet. But yeah. um, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, Lakeith. Um, but <laughs> on the actual news of the show, it's directed by the director of To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Um, and written by somebody else who I don't remember her credits. But uh, eh, I, I'm actually not excited. I, I love Olivia Cook, but uh, her 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 track record p- picking films is like 50-50. Her characters are usually good, but then um, the movies don't always work. And just the fact that this... When they said it was from the To All the Boys I Loved Before director, I was like, eh, I, I don't know. Like, I like that film, but it was so, like generic cutesy type film uh, i don't know really what olivia could do like if she's gonna get any range to like really be good. like her and ready player one i love her in ready player one but i love her because it's her not because steven spielberg really gave her anything cool to do in the film so i think this will be okay i'm still gonna like i think i'm gonna end up getting disney plus probably for the the Marvel shows, because I kind of want to watch the the Sam Bucky show and the Loki show, but um, and the Hawkeye show. So I guess this will be a nice little added on bonus to that. But um, I don't know. This is yeah, whatever. Are y'all gonna watch this? Uh, it's a fairy tale, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that, but it's a fairy tale adventure. 
Um, are y'all going to watch it? Mm, I'm not, I'm not getting Disney Plus, so I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, yeah. That was my Okay. Response. That's I mean, a no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not watching it. It's, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, I, I've watched every single Anya Taylor Joy and Olivia Cook movie, so I'll watch it. Um, but, ah, oh, man, I just wish she would pick like a really. I think she should be picking these projects that could win her an Oscar, like Katie Says Goodbye. No one's watched Katie Says Goodbye. I'm the only person in the world that's watched Katie Says Goodbye, but that's a good film. And, um, oh, well, she'll never watch it. Or, but she's not really doing those, she's doing more of these bigger stuff. Ryan, is that you? Yeah, it's me. Yeah, Ryan's on the oh. show now. Hi. Um, Are we doing video or um, nah? Just audio. No. Okay. Um, we were just talking about a uh, Disney Plus movie with mm. uh, Olivia Cook and Lakeith Stanfield. It's a fairy tale. It's coming out, I don't know, probably a few years from now. I know you're so. getting Disney Plus. Are you going to watch it? Uh, I uh, I. I'm obviously going to get Disney Plus. I did not know anything about a TV show with Olivia Cook and Lakeith Stanfield. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, actually, that's speaking of streaming services. I'm going to skip over one topic, but we'll come back. <laughs> um, so, big news, I guess, in streaming. And we've kind hmm. of already talked about how streaming services are going to be in this um, in the future. We talked about that in, a, in the other show. But... The office is officially gonna leave Netflix at the end of 2020, um, mm. and it's gonna go to NBC Universal, which is NBC's own streaming service. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people are very mad. The Office is the most watched TV show on Netflix by a lot, um, and Friends is second. So, um, so NBC's plan is, I guess, you know, we're going to bring back all our NBC shows and they, all the people who are on Netflix just to watch The Office, just to watch Parks and Rec, Friends or whatever, are going to come back to NBC. Now, the interesting thing about this in particular is that NBC doesn't technically own all of these. Like, I think the reason Friends is still on Office is because Warner Media owns Friends. And I think Warner Media might also own The Office because the way I heard it, because a lot of people were mad at NBC Universal first because they were like, why are you declining all this money from Disney? Or sorry, not from Disney, from Netflix to license the show. But then I heard Netflix only offered ninety million, which sounds like a lot, but it's less than they offered for Friends, and The Office is more popular than Friends. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little bit on because if I'm Netflix, I'm offering up to one hundred fifty million dollars for The Office because I heard NBC offered a hundred and they won, but the fact that they're paying $100 million for a Martin Scorsese movie, they're paying $100 million for Friends, you have to pay $100 million to get your best show or your most popular show, The Office, to you have to keep it on Netflix. Because, I mean, if you're looking at this, if Friends leaves Netflix and let's say Parks and Rec leaves Netflix and all these sitcoms start leaving and it's just Netflix original content versus Disney Plus's original content... Um, plus, you know, HBO and um, Warner Media's combined original content, Netflix might be in trouble. I think it's going to stay on top for a while, but they might be in trouble. I would have tried to keep the office at all, you know, cost. But also Netflix is like $20 billion in debt, so that might be a reason as well. Rodrigo, what do you think? Office is leaving Netflix. 
Um, I've never been a big fan of The Office, so what? personally, I don't Amen. really care that much. Yeah. But uh, I feel like Netflix is now um, ten times more scared uh, than they were previously, just because they're gonna have all the Disney content leave this year. Mm-hmm. The Office is leaving. Uh, I I I have a feeling the Friends will not be far behind. Um, after that, it's like once all that's gone and all you are you have all you have left is just Netflix originals. Yeah, really gonna want to just stay on Netflix wow. when you get like the content that you actually care about in other platforms. Yeah, Ryan, what do you what do you think? Um, I think it's a classic thing of follow the money where. Um, because uh, CBS has their own streaming service. Now, granted, I don't know how well that's doing. Um, And so I think NBC kind of sees that as like, oh, like if we put like one of the, like one of history's like most popular comedies, if we take that back and put it on our own thing, I think people are going to like follow that and get the NBC streaming service. Um. I kind of also see this, and while you were saying in your TED talk um, (laughs) that this was like, um, that this might be a slow, very slow decline of Netflix, um, because they see this as like, oh, we have all all these Netflix originals, and yet, and other TV shows and film, but yet nobody's really paying attention to them. They're just sitting down and watching The Office. What if we take that away? And they're like, oh, they're forced to watch something else and it's it's that and it's just also classic follow the money well let's let's talk about the future of streaming so there's so many (laughs) streaming services right now we have netflix we have hbo which i think is going to partner with warner brothers you're going to have disney plus you're going to have apple tv plus um hulu is still out there even though i think they're going to partner with the disney plus uh you have nbc has their own streaming service cbs has their own streaming service i believe playstation has something going on youtube tv has their own thing going on abc has one as well yeah abc has one warner media is making it from showtime yeah showtime stars like there's so many streaming services and obviously a lot of them are going to fail now (laughs) in my opinion I think Speaking Netflix, of fail, whatever happened to that comedy one that like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's still going, kind of. No, he's still closed down. <laughs> so oh, really? Sad. I thought yeah. the cyanide That was happened. the first big one that failed, I think. Ooh. Yeah, but uh, I, think, I think Netflix is going to stay number one for a while. Um, and I think maybe in five or ten years we'll see Disney Plus take over as the number one. But then I think that will be the number one and two for, I think, the foreseeable future. I think HBO and Warner Media are going to team up and they're going to be number three. Um, and then I just think, I think CBS and NBC and YouTube TV and um, a lot of these are going to kind of just go away. Um, Rachel, mm. first of all, what do you, which ones do you think are going to prosper after this is all over? Which ones do you think are the streaming services that are going to really, um, you know, stick around for the long haul? And which ones are you going to get in the future? Um, I think, like you were saying, probably Netflix, Hulu, HBO, and I guess Disney. I just, it's so funny to me. It's just, it's just TV. Like, it's just cable. Like, the it's, whole point of streaming service is that 
at least in concept, like in theory, is that everything is aggregated in one place. So you don't, so it, it kind of avoids the, the need for like cable TV, but it's just everyone has their own channel now. So it's just get TV. I don't get cable. Like A24, I think, is starting their own. They tease something called A24 Public Access. But then that means that all of their movies are going to be pulled from Amazon and Canopy. It's just, it's just messy, I think. Like, it is. Yeah. Obviously, they want to make money on their own stuff, and they've seen how pretty much like you were saying, like Netflix is making money off of the the Office. But I, I think it's just stupid. I mean, I get why they're doing it, but it's just it's messy and complicated. And for me, I know I'm not going to be getting a lot of them. Like I have Netflix. Um, I'm probably going to get the Criterion one because that's something yeah. actually interesting. Yeah. But other than that, it's like yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of good because because also I live at home so we have cable and that's fine and that works great for me. That's but, the same thing for me. Like the reason I would never get NBC Universal or CBS All Access because I have cable so I can see almost every CBS yeah. or NBC show that was good. Yeah. But so then know. now that they're gonna do the like original content, like uh, CBS has the Twilight Zone and Twilight stuff Zone. like that. And Picard, the new Star Trek show. Oh yeah. I mean, I can pass unless like. It's something like huge that like yeah. oh my gosh it's something that I would never like want to miss like if Christopher Nolan moves over to CBS All Access I'm sure I'll watch a CBS All Access show but yeah of course that's not gonna happen. So. Did you guys hear about the um, Steven Spielberg Chibi Kibi? It's like a new streaming service, but it's like web series or something. I don't know. It's like Q U I B I, and it sounds very vaguely yeah. Yeah, it sounds bizarre and also pointless <laughs> I, mean, I don't know man i think like you were saying CISO was the big one that failed i think and it'll be interesting to see if the other ones fall or if it, if they all just become their own separate things like cable oh yeah but do you think now because apple has their own streaming service and that billions that of dollars fail? yeah i think that's the first one that billions of dollars will be invested in and it still doesn't do well i don't, uh, I don't think but... apple tv is going to do well just because it's it's just original content. Uh-huh. That, that's it. They don't offer anything outside of original content. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Chase, first of all, which ones do you think are going to prosper and which one uh, are you going to get in the future? Well, Disney Plus is obviously going to prosper, like, due to, like, every, like, the amounts, the incredible amount of media they have. Like, I got an email saying from Disney saying that the Simpsons. We're heading to D two three. Yeah. Also, that they would be on Disney, like all the episodes that The Simpsons would be on there. And uh, but yeah, I don't. I think uh, most ones like the Apple one, it might fit. I don't know too much of what's going on there. I just know a lot of famous stars are going on there. And um, I'm not sure if you you guys have heard of this one, but uh, Verve. You heard of this? Uh, it's a streaming service with like cartoons and stuff. And I was like, Verb? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not a good idea. I'd, I'd never, yeah. never like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, doesn't Nickelodeon gonna... have their own streaming service too? Oh, man. <laughs> they put like all their old cartoons on Verve, and I don't think anybody uses that one. So I think I don't see it succeeding in the future, along with all these other ones like, um, like, uh, like CISO or like uh, the Showtime one, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know which one I might get. I right now I'm sticking with Netflix, but after like Stranger Things ends, then I might just like quit. I might 
depend I know it's not quitting now, but like whenever it does, I might just give it up and um I don't know. I might just stick with cable because mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Can you switch to audio? My um my connection gets bad a little bit. Um I thought I was uh, on audio. No, you're still you're on video. video. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Oh, he left. Yeah. <laughs> he did that wrong. <laughs> um, hopefully Ryan will be back. He he messed that up. Um, so, okay, last topic what I want to talk about, and of course, like the reason I'm talking about it is because Andrew's in it. But like, have you all heard about this this dark crystal casting? It seems fake. Is that like, better? Yes. Yep. This is, thanks. Um, this this dark crystal. It it doesn't even seem like it seems like someone's dream cast. But then this is the actual, like, I'll read the cast list off. We have Taryn Edgerton, mm. Anya Taylor-Joy, Natalie Emanuel, she's from Game of Thrones, um, Lena Headey from Game of Thrones as well, Hannah John Kamen, she was in um, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Ready Player One. Um, you have Helena Bottom Carter, uh, Natalie Dormer. From Game uh, of Thrones. Yeah. yeah, from Game of Thrones. Theo James from Divergent. Uh, Toby Jones, he looks like he was in Lord of the Rings. Is he? he? Was in, he's like a character actor who's been in everything. He was in Captain America, First Avenger. Oh, nice. Um, Men in Black as well. And voice Dobby. Oh, yeah, nice. Dobby. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, Guru and Batha Ra, she's in a lot of Netflix stuff. Mark Strong from Kingsman 2 and Kingsman 1. Um, Alicia Vikander, oh, Benedict yeah. Wong, Aquafina, Harvey wow. Firestein, Mark Hamill, uh, oh, Ralph Innocent. Cool. Jason Isaacs, Keegan Michael Key, Simon Ooh. Pegg, and Andy Samberg. Jesus. Uh, all like, gonna wow. be good for Harvey Firestein to find work again. I love Harvey Firestein. No, not Weinstein. Sounds, <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds like it has a billion dollars like connected to it. Well, it also sounds like a mess. Like, is it a comedy or a fantasy? Like, it seems like Andy Samberg and Lena Headey. I don't think really go together. <laughs> It it kind of reminds me of uh, the Wes Anderson movie. What what was the last movie that he did? Uh, uh, Isle of Dogs. Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Yeah, yeah. Isle of Dogs. I just yeah. remember when I looked at that cast list, I was like, "This is crazy!" Like, how did you get all those people? And it, it kind of feels the same with this one. I never watched the original Dark Crystal, um, so I don't like. I don't really know what I'm getting into here. I'm only watching it because of Anya. But I mean, the fact that this great cast is attached isn't a bad thing. I've never, I don't know who Jim Henson is, really. Um, what? But, <laughs> wow. Are you serious? What? What? I, I wasn't Jim expecting Henson. to get attacked for this. What? <laughs> who is this? Jim Henson invented the Muppets. Yeah, Muppets and Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock. Basically, if you've seen puppets in pop culture, Jim Henson made it. Yeah. He even made, like, wait, I thought he made, like, some adult, like, type cartoon. He did Labyrinth, too. Uh, yep. he he, yes. he didn't do it personally, but like uh, his like brother produced um that dinosaur show, like back in the eighties. Oh, the, oh, it's not show. it. Oh yeah, it's it's not good. But they used like his puppets. Also, he made Fraggle Fraggle Rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Remember Fraggle Rock. The YouTube I'm good channel for, good for him. I, guess. Uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't I didn't know he was uh. He was this big, but I mean, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Dark Crystal. It's coming on Netflix. Um, it's gonna be a mini series, I think. But you know, probably be like Big Little Lies. It's probably gonna go on to more episodes. But uh, I sure uh, I this voice cast excites me more than um, anything. 
the, like the synopsis doesn't really excite me. Jim Henson doesn't really excite me, but this voice cast really does, especially Anna Taylor Joy. So is it animated? Yes. No, it's, it's, right. it's part animated, I think. Um, I don't know because some actors have been cast as voice actors and then some haven't. So, but I believe it is mostly animated. It might be. Um, I don't really know, but we'll see. But yeah, I'm excited, kind of. Um, mm. uh, I'm not excited, but I'm gonna watch it. Are y'all gonna mm. watch Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance? Probably not. No. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. If I if I hear it's good, then maybe. Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. I think there's, there's just so many good. There's just with a voice cast like this. I mean, there has to be something good about it. But we'll see. Um, also, something that just came out. I almost forgot to mention it. Uh, Earth. Melissa McCarthy just got is in <sighs> to play Ursula and in the inevitable live action remake of The Little Mermaid. Mm. Jesus. Um, and then a lot of people on Twitter were mad um, because Lizzo. they wanted, uh, yeah, they wanted Lizzo, who I just saw at the BET Awards, and I like her music. Uh, she she makes some really good music actually. And Somebody she also with, wanted Barbara Streisand, and I'm like, holy crap, guys, <laughs> calm down. I didn't see that. I saw Lizzo a lot. I saw Octavia Spencer a few times. I saw, um, I don't know. A lot of people think Ursula should be black. Uh, I, I, I'm not too much, you know. No, I don't I even lean either way on that. Black. Well, she's purple, so I don't really understand. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't understand <laughs> what the big thing about that voice. was. I think but, Olivia Coleman would be a great Ursula. Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. Ursula have to sing? I've never watched The Little Mermaid. Uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls. She does. That's how it slaps. It does, so thank you. That's the thing that gets me about this. Can Melissa McCarthy pull the tune? Like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying um, to see if she had any, like, singing parts. I don't. Like, any like, film. It feels like Hollywood knows, like, one bigger actress, and it's Melissa McCarthy. Like, I don't know, can't we open that role up to someone else? Other than her, someone else who's like a bigger actress who could do it. At well. least they didn't say uh, Rubble Wilson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rubble Wilson saw, would be worse. You think Rubble Wilson would be better? No, I think she'd be too. Uh, yeah, she'd be bad. Yeah. Also, like, the original I... Ursula was based, like, her design was based on the drag queen Divine. I don't know, cast a drag queen. That'd be kind of funny. Like, it'd be something at least interesting for a casting choice. Yeah, I I think Melissa McCarthy is a really tame, like vanilla, boring casting choice. There's like people like Melissa McCarthy. This will be fine for this movie. But we Disney, the the reigning studio of boring and vanilla. It's just I and, think. Uh, oh, sorry, you go. Sorry. Uh, I think it was like I actually thought Will Smith was kind of an inspired choice for the genie. Like I actually kind of liked that they went so different with it. So mm-hmm. the, so the fact that i mean i think lizzo would be pretty i've never seen lizzo act in anything before but i mean her personality i think would be pretty good just for a character i've never seen really ursula so i don't know who will exactly fit to that but i don't know i don't know if i would ever see a live action little mermaid at least i wouldn't pay for it but like i I melissa mccarthy makes me a little bit less excited honestly brian what do you think um again i just wish disney would just kind of like tone the brakes on like doing the live action remakes of the stuff that came out in the Disney Renaissance and, and the little memory started that. And I just think the casting is, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying 
you know, you have other options out there. And uh, again, Octavia Spencer would be good. And and I saw a comment on Twitter, and I agree with Rachel 100%. Cast a drag queen. I think that would be, like, very avant-garde of Disney. It's just, like, a mad curveball out of nowhere. And you mm-hmm. would have so much fun with it. And then I just think Melissa is going to sing and also pretty much just yell, like, when she played <laughs> Sean Spicer on SNL. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> I, I, which is funny, but, but it's yeah. like eh, that's a bit. All... It's not for a whole movie. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's a bit. It's not for the whole movie, but it's like I just, I just think you could have explored other options. Like I think other, other actresses would be better. Okay, Dreamcast. You get to cast anybody in the world, and I think Zendaya is going to be the Little Mermaid, but I might yeah. be making that up. But. You can cast anyone in the world as Ursula. Who would you cast? Rachel, you go first. Um, there's a drag queen uh, called Latrice Royale from Drag Race. Yes. She would kill it. Again, I would say go with a, go with a drag queen. Or like, yeah, I, I guess Latrice. I would go with Latrice. Chase? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I honestly don't. But I saw a funny tweet on Twitter that was like, Hollywood would only cast Rebel Wilson, Melissa McCarthy, or Scarlett Johansson in a fat suit. <laughs> oh, I saw that. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Just someone who's fit. Um, Rodrigo? Um, I said it earlier. I think Olivia Coleman would probably be a good choice. Yeah. She, she, she's oh, a that great would be actress. Good. And, and I don't know. She, she could bring those, uh, th- those moments to life pretty well. It's like a manic energy that I think would work well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think... Crap, Olivia Coleman's really good. Um, but I would probably cast Octavia Spencer. Um, I think she would have a she's ton there. of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd go with Lizzo. I think she's fun. Yeah. Um, but that's it for news. Uh, so on to our main discussion. We are almost halfway through the year. We're a few days away from halfway through the year. Um yeah. Which, um, this hasn't been a great year for movies, but, I mean, there has been some good ones that came out. So, before um, we go into TV shows, I want to talk about some TV shows, too. What is your favorite movie that has came out this year so far? And I guess I'll start, so y'all have a little bit of time to think. Um, uh, For me, the boy I think about it, it was a film I saw at South by Southwest, which I've already talked about on the other show. But it was called The Art of Self-Defense. And it stars Jesse Eisenberg and, oh, I forgot his name. And I'm not going to try to remember it. But it stars Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots and and the really good guy. Oh, man, I really wish I could remember his name. But uh, it's about Jesse Eisenberg gets, like, mugged in, on the street or whatever. And he decides he needs to go to this karate dojo so he can learn self-defense. And then when he gets there, it kind of... Is like a cult type of karate thing. And then it's kind of like, and it just kind of ensues from there. He kind of gets caught in some, caught into some stuff and then it ends up really like crazily. But like this, first of all, this is one of the funniest films I've seen this year, just in terms of like deadpan humor. There's not like many like jokes, jokes where it's just like, you know, this is here to make y'all laugh, but just the way the actors acted these scenes is like so like funny and so like, you know, it works with the way they wanted to it works with the story 
that it makes it really funny, but then also the action is really good. Also, the stakes is like I actually felt like these characters had something to lose. There's some cool dramatic stuff in there. The ending is, I think, one of the better endings that I've seen all year. And in a year where I've just been disappointed over and over again by a lot of these movies, it was a nice surprise. Because I'm not gonna lie, I only went into that movie. I saw it at South by Southwest. The only reason I went into that movie was so I could see Jesse Eisenberg. And then uh, Jesse Eisenberg actually ended up just like kind of showing up and leaving. But like, mm-hmm. once I once I saw the movie, I was like, this is like really really entertaining stuff. So that's good. The artist, I don't know when it comes out. I think it might come out in August. It comes out a long time from now. But, uh, early. It says here uh, July twelfth. July twelfth. So pretty soon. Um, so in between watching Spider-Man Far From Home and watching uh, Lion King, watch this movie because it's like, it's genuinely, I think, it's one of the best comedies I've seen in a while. It's one of the most well-acted comedies. Can someone please look up? I don't, I can't, my computer's going kind of slow. Can y'all look up the cast of this? I really want to remember his name. <laughs> um, um, because I really want to give him some credit because he's amazing. Uh, Wait, who? There's a Mogan Poots, Alessandro Nivola. Him, Alessandro Nivola. He is amazing in this film. Like, like probably to to this day, my favorite performance in any film this year. Like, he Ow. is so good. I forget what other films he is in, but like, he, he was is Face Off. Oh my yeah. god! But in American, he, oh my Hustle. gosh. And the fact that, and another interesting thing is he only had, like, one day to prepare for this role. He wasn't supposed to be in this movie, and in the last second they cast him because someone dropped out. And he just absolutely kills it with his deadpan humor. Him and Jesse Eisenberg work so well off of each other. And Jesse Eisenberg, a lot of people make fun of him for like, playing the same character, but he, he does some cool stuff in this movie. And, and I mean, you can't hide your personality. Jesse Eisenberg's going to be Jesse Eisenberg or whatever he's going to be in. Just like Will Smith is going to be Will Smith. It's like everyone has their own personality. But like him and Alessandro work so well together. That if, honestly, if I was an Oscar voter, which I'll never be because I would have these awkward picks, he would be one of my choices for best performance of the year. He'll never, he'll never get nominated, but I love it. So The Art of Self-Defense is probably my favorite film of the year. Booksmart's number two. But... Oh. Um, Rachel, I'll let you go first. What's your favorite movie that just came out this year? Um, so I'm looking at Letterboxd, and I've actually only seen, like, six movies this year, which is kind of shameful. Um, and all of them were, like, okay, so I think I'm gonna go with Booksmart by default. Um, I wasn't as enamored with it as I would, as I wanted to, um, but compared to the other ones I've seen, which three of them are Marvel movies, one of them was Detective Pikachu, and another was, like, an indie movie that didn't do it for me, I'd say it's, like, up there i would say it's probably my top one just because it was really unique fun i liked what they were going for i think the second half of the movie really works for me um i I just liked it but that's that's not like a glowing recommendation (laughs) so that's my default right now but i i'll see some more movies later i promise ryan you i know you love Booksmart. is that your top movie of this year i think that is my top movie of the year um (laughs) and it completely took me by surprise like again when we went to south by and we were like oh we're gonna go to Booksmart," i had no not a clue what it was um just that oh um what's her name um olivia wilde was directing and and i'm like all right i guess i'm in um not really doing anything tonight except seeing this movie and i 
and I immediately fell in love with it. Um, Beanie Feldstein and uh, Caitlin Deaver have such like such an organic organic chemistry on screen, and uh, love all the side characters, especially Gigi. And there was a lot of relatable moments. Like I knew people in high school who were a lot like the um, the side characters in the film. There are no low points for me in that film. Like I cringed where like I cringed where I was supposed to cringe. I felt like I at least laughed where I was supposed to laugh, and it was very it was a very touching film and like very like mm-hmm. there was like a lot of like personal moments in there with me, and I'm like. This is fantastic. That's probably my favorite film of the year. Yeah, um, I've talked about Booksmart a lot on this podcast. So I won't. Uh, I won't add anything to that. But uh, Rodrigo, what about you? Is it Endgame? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, a two for two. It's, it's, it's one of those where, um, like, I really wanted to like to love Booksmart because what everyone was talking saying about it, but like Rachel, I just didn't fall in love with it as yeah. uh, some of y'all did just some things just didn't quite do it for me for some reason not to say it was a bad movie it's one of my favorite movies of the year but uh yeah like endgame yeah. for me personally I'm, I'm a huge marvel fan um and trying to take my fanboy hat off uh, <laughs> i just did everything that i wanted the movie to do and then some um it just it did a great job with like the main characters, great job with Iron Man, with Captain America. Uh, mm. I, I I loved uh, the the first act with them just kind of grieving. I loved the second act with the time travel. That that was just a lot of fun. And mm. the third act is just one of the most amazing things I've seen on screen ever. So it for me it has to be Avengers Endgame. Question. Part of my problem is not that far from it though. Have you seen Spider-Man Far From Home? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, we'll talk about that later. But question, is Avengers Assemble your greatest moment in movie history? The portal scene, yes. Yes? Yes. Yeah, even though, yeah, I didn't, like, love Endgame or anything, I will say I was just grinning ear to ear when uh, that whole thing happened. And even though I knew they were going to, even, I was so, like, I talked so much about, like, oh, man. I'm not going to care when they come back because I already know they're going to come back because they have sequels or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But then, man, as soon as the Black Panther came back, I was like, yeah. <laughs> so. you, and the lady that was, like, sitting uh, behind me, like, the second or third time I, was, I watched the movie, as soon as they saw Black Panther come, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they always have the best. Yeah. they uh, Black Panther always has the best, like, Phrases. I don't know where they're finding these, but when he just comes in and he's like, "E Bombay," I was in the theater like, "E Bombay." I don't know what that means, but I was I was into it. Uh, Chase, what about you? Dang it! I don't want to say a film everybody's already said before. No, go for it. No, yeah, go it, my guy. Uh, there haven't been a lot uh, of good ones this year, so. Sure. Yeah, I'm kind of torn between Toy Story Four. Well, no, Spider Man Far From Home, and uh, you know, I'll just say Spider Man Far From Home. Uh, uh, that movie was, it's great on its well, own. Save your review. We're going to talk about that a little oh. bit later. Oh, yeah, but, but yeah, because yeah, uh, some of us I, had class and couldn't see it. Yeah, <laughs> I was the. Oh, I'll tell you the story about how I got into that movie later. It was crazy. But um, 
That, yeah, we'll talk about Spider-Man Far From Home later, but I do agree, that's a good movie. Some mm-hmm. other ones I just wanted to throw out there, um, some great movies that I've seen. Well, some movies that at least didn't disappoint me that much. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. People forgot that movie came out, but it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see, Us. I didn't love it, but a lot of people like oh, that yeah. one. Uh, the Lego movie. The Lego movie, bad. Too. It's not bad, but it's not... I actually liked it. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, good. Uh, Always Be My Maybe. Uh, it's a little bit disappointing, but that's another movie that no, came. David, again, that movie is bad. It's not great. It's not bad. But it's, it's not yeah, bad. It's not I mean, it's cute. I can't call it a good movie. Well, like, a lot of people are calling it, like, Netflix's best, like, original in a long time. And I'm like, okay, calm down. It's, that it's is not saying a lot, though. I wouldn't even say it. I think it's about on the level of To All the Boys I've Loved Before. But I actually personally like To All the Boys I've Loved Before a little oh, bit more. Um, but let's see. Some other ones. Someone Great. Has anyone seen that film? Mm-hmm. Some The one with uh, uh, Jane the Virgin. I forgot. Gina Rodriguez. Mm. Um, that's on Netflix. That's a great... I remember I tweeted when it came out because i had watched that and endgame in the same weekend and i was like i think it was that endgame and something else like some other film i'd watched that all in the same weekend and i was like i think endgame's the worst one out of those three which i think i was overreacting a little bit but like someone great's a pretty good film i would recommend that on netflix and then another film called then came you it didn't get great reviews but it stars asa butterfield and macy williams and macy williams um What's it called? She has a disease. I don't remember if it's cancer or not, but she has some disease that's fatal. She's going to die in a few months. And she ends up meeting Asa Butterfield, who Asa Butterfield has like a thing where he always thinks he's sick or whatever. So like he goes to these, like, I think it's, I think it is cancer, cancer, like support meetings, even though he doesn't have cancer. It's kind of weird, but like, then they end up being friends, and it's about their relationship, and you know, and then it, you know, it has an emotional ending. But like, eh, that's a good movie. I, I mean, a little bit of it because also Butterfield's nice, and Macy Williams is cool. But like, and they're both two actresses that, or two actors that I really like, like watching. But then came Views, another good one, and I watched that on Netflix too. So, and Glass, Glass is great. So, is there any films that you've watched just that you want to mention? as one of, maybe an underrated film that just came out this year not many people saw? Shazam. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Shazam was really funny. That, that, that's one of DC's best, for sure. Yeah, Shazam, um, not a, uh, well, uh, Knives Out, even though that has yet to come we out. We cannot talk about that. I was like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, we can't. Yeah, talk about that. One. Uh, long shot, long shot was really funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really good movie. John Wick three, but I mean everybody loves that one, I guess. So yeah, it's been a weird because I I would want to say that there's more underrated films or whatever that I've just been missing, but there really aren't. Um, this has just kind of been. This is probably since I've been watching movies, which has been uh, maybe after Interstellar, so like 2014 to now, mm-hmm. some five years. Probably the worst movie year I've ever been in. But maybe the second half will redeem it. We have some good... Eh, I don't know. What could redeem this summer? Like, quality-wise. Maybe if Once Upon a Time is really good. Um, Once Upon a Time, The Lion King. Yeah. 
Uh, I think Knives Out is going to be great. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, November. That comes out the same day as yeah. uh, Frozen 2. Frozen. Oh, well, that uh, comes out the I same day as Frozen 2. going to be great. Uh, I think Jumanji could could be kind of fun. Hobson Shaw looks just yeah. it's dumb, ridiculous, it's dumb, but I love it. It's I want it ridiculous. I love it. Um, so we'll see. Maybe maybe this summer or maybe this year can redeem itself. I'm much more excited to next year for next year with Tenet and Dune, which I just been thinking about Tenet so much in that 224 million dollar budget, and now I'm just so much more excited because um, like. Inception cost $100 million. So what is he going to do with $224 million? He's going to go crazy. And then Dune looks good too. But let's move over to TV. Um, TV, I think, has been... TV is always good. There's too much TV for it not to be good. Um, I, uh, I, don't ha- I haven't watched too many TV shows, but one, uh, Sex Education, uh, came out at the very start of this year. I think that's my favorite TV show of this year so far. Um, another also Butterfield, he's great. Emma Mackey and Kuti Ngawa, I believe. Um, they have a really good friendship between the three of them, both on screen and off screen. Um, so their chemistry works together. And then all their surrounding cast really like, there's not a character who I just, you know, is a throwaway who I don't really care about. It's like, well, there's one character that I don't like, but all the characters are good. The writing on that show is really good. Gillian Anderson is really good as the mother. So, Sex Education is my favorite TV show of this year. Do y'all have any TV shows that really stood out to you this year? Mm-hmm. Fleabag. Back, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's I've been it, I've been pretty much like both seasons back to back, and since they're so short, um, Same. it's a really I, quick watch. I but did like, it in three days. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like just so dense, and the writing is so good, and and Phoebe Waller Bridge is amazing, both in acting and writing, um, and yeah, it just deals with so much in these like thirty minute episodes, and uh, it's dark and funny and like genuinely sad and um, just whip smart. It's great. I love Fleabag so much, and it's question. such a short watch. I have a question for you because I kind of feel differently than a lot of people. Um, I think season two ended really well. And oh, I think it ended as, like, a nice way to end the series for me. Yeah. And even though I love, like, season two, I think season two is, like, one of the best seasons of television that I've seen maybe since Master of None season two. But I kind of don't want the show to go on. I, I think and, she said she's not doing another season. I think, um, I think, yeah, Phoebe Lawbridge says that that's it. Which, yeah, I totally agree. It's such a good wrap-up of that character that you don't need anything else. Good, because I know yeah, I know a lot of people wanted Fleabag Season 3, but I was like, let's pump the brakes. It kind of ended perfectly. Yeah, and I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge knows that that's... I think she has enough sense not to keep milking it if it's not worth it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it ends so perfectly. So, fully recommend Fleabag. That show rocks. Yeah, I, I just uh, finished it. I finished it last week, so that yeah. it, it, is, it is amazing. Um, Rodrigo, we'll stick with you. Do you have any TV shows? I know you talked about Chernobyl. And uh, oh, oh my God! Chernobyl. I almost forgot about Chernobyl. Yes, Chernobyl. <laughs> it's probably, it's definitely one of my favorite things that I've seen all year. Wow. It's just really dark. It's very raw. Um, it's very just all the characters are, are just very interesting, especially like the the main doctor, uh, one of the Soviet, um, uh, uh. uh uh, a guy that works for the Soviet government, uh, that, that works with the scientists, they're just very interesting. And you see how they start 
learning and understanding from each other. Like one guy's the scientist trying to teach, you know, the Soviet guy, hey, this is how things are going. This is the science behind it. We are screwed. Uh, and this Soviet guy who's been very stern is like, oh, it's fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Start seeing just the horrors of what's actually happening and just seeing their interactions and how they start changing and learning um, from each other. Uh, and then you, the horrors that you see from the aftermath of the explosion and the actual explosion itself are just very, very well made, very well written. I would totally recommend. This deserves all the miniseries Emmys are going to Chernobyl easily. Oh, yeah, totally. Ryan? Uh, as you know, I really don't watch a whole lot of TV um, except for, like, late-night talk shows, uh, etc. Um, I just started The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and thank you, Rodrigo. It's fantastic. I really like it. Um, I'm all, yeah, and I'm almost done with uh, I'm almost done with uh, the Good Place, and that was that was a nice surprise. Uh, but right now, I'm just I'm just waiting for uh, Stranger Things season three. Yeah, Chase. Yeah. Uh, like Brian, I don't really watch a lot of TV a lot, but I have recently started this show called Community, and um, <laughs> it's really oh, yes. funny. I what is finally it? learned the community, like Donald Glover. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you said I, it like it was some little TV show that no one had heard of. It's an independent <laughs> comedy. Yeah, you never heard. <laughs> but I finally learned the Spanish rap. And um, uh, I, I watched that. Um, also, like Nathan for You, I finished that this year. That's a good show. And, yeah. But, yeah. Um, the so only on... episode I've seen of Community is the pillow fight scene, or the pillow fight episode, where it's basically, like, the Civil War, but, like, everybody's just fighting each other with pillows. <laughs> mm-hmm. some, some honorable mentions for me was Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It had a really good season this year, um, and it ended really, like, kind of weird. Um and then Black Mirror, I didn't love it, but it came back. And the Game of Thrones also didn't love that, but it came back. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, did I miss? Did anyone want to talk about any more TV shows, movies that we missed in our mid-year review? Foxy um, Burton is good. <laughs> what about, what about those? The, uh, huh? Did I have a season this year? Which show? Pose. I, it's on my list. I'm oh, about Pose, to start yeah, it. yeah. The the new season just started. That's a really good show. Uh, mm-hmm. Season one's on Netflix, and it's great. Really um, good soundtrack, too. I love grading things. So let's give a grade <laughs> to this year in movies. Um, because TV shows is too hard. There's too many. But like, if you just had to grade all the movies and like how they've you know adjusted to y- your expectations of what they were supposed to be, what would you give it? Rachel, I'll start with you. Um, like a B, maybe B minus. There's been some bright spots, but overall, it's been pretty rough. Granted, I think our my opinion skewed a little bit just because we're in we're in like this glut of terrible summer blockbusters. But mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping I think it'll redeem itself by the end. All the really good movies usually come out in winter for Oscars or for um, Oscars. Yeah. So um, yeah, but so far it's been. A little rough so i'm saying like b or b minus <laughs> um 
And that's, I was just waiting for this year's like A Star is Born, or this year's like, you know, one of those films that kind of comes out of there and is like kind of still makes a lot of money, but then is like, is actually genuinely pretty good. So hopefully one of those will come out because uh, I didn't, I hadn't heard of Star is Born until like a week before it came out. And also, and, uh, like, like you were kind of saying, like indie movies and really good smaller movies are out there. You really just have to go find them. Like, it's easy to say, like, Hollywood's not making any good movies anymore. It's like they are. You just have to. It's a little harder to find them, but they're out there. I see um, that I, all the time. People are yeah. like, Hollywood has ran out of original ideas. It was like, no, y'all don't watch them when original ideas come like, Part of that is definitely true, but it's not like they're not coming out at all. It's usually just smaller productions. But anyway. Ryan? Um, I think I'll give it like a B. Like, I don't think we've had a good, like, uh, front half of film. Like, we've had, like, certainly, like, great films. Uh, like Booksmart and Endgame, but also like the films, like especially this summer have been incredibly weak. Like I saw yesterday, well, yesterday ironically, and um, yeah. it was good. It wasn't great, and, yeah. and like Toy Story Four, I thought was great, but it wasn't spectacular. And I'm just like waiting, like for like another film, just to like hit like every high point. And I think we can get that uh, in the back half of the year because we have Joker, Doctor Sleep, uh, yeah. Frozen Two, Knives Out, and like all these, yeah, man. yeah and like all oh, these yeah. great films, and well, these great looking films, and yeah, yeah, and <laughs> yeah so I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully uh, it can ex- it can execute. Um, Rodrigo, I think I'd probably give it a B. Yeah, it's like like what they say is like it's been hit or miss so far what's good it's pretty good and but it's mostly just not great chase uh probably a b um yeah <laughs> nice. he's around the board yeah <laughs> yeah uh, uh, except i'll give it a b minus just to be yeah. worse um so i think we have a little bit of time so let's uh i want to play a game uh it's the movie actor game i think uh, I don't know if that's what it's called, but Rachel, you had talked about it. Like that's how you've been watching movies, and I was like, that'd just be a cool way to play a game. So oh, I was yeah. gonna go is like, you. I'll start out. Let Let's say I start out with like Tom Hanks. He's a good actor, and then uh, Rachel would have to find or shoot. How do you do it? It's like I, Rachel would have to find. Shoot, I had just thought about this, but then I forgot how to... I think I would say, like, Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump. And then you'd be like, Tom Hanks was in Forrest Gump. No, shoot. I I completely... I had wrote down how to do this game, and then I had forgotten. Is it similar uh, to, like, yeah. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? So you'd have, like, yeah. two actors, and you have to try and connect them? Yeah, it was like... It was like one person starts, and it's like... They give an actor, and then the person has to be like... He um, was in this movie with this person, and then another person would have to find another person that was in that movie. But it was—it's hard. Like try and uh, keep the chain going, kind of thing. Yeah, it's like it's like a collaborative game. Let me see if I can. Okay, so it's like I'll start out with an actor. Like let's say I started out with Tom Hanks, and oh. then Rachel could say Tom Hanks was in Forrest Gump with Robin Wright. And then Ryan, you can say Robin Wright was in. Uh, that was a bad example. I don't know any other. Oh, she was in um, Princess Wonderful. Bride. 
or either of those. I'll go with Wonder Woman. Robin Wright was in Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot. And then Rodrigo, Gal Gadot. (laughs) And then you just keep going until one of us finally can't do anything. But this is a collaborative game, so don't try to stump people with like a really hard actress that they'll never get because then we're going to lose. So I want to see how far we can go. Let's see if we can beat 20. I think we can. So I won't start out with Tom Hanks because we already did that. I'll start out with Leonardo DiCaprio. And Rachel, you go first. Okay, so Leonardo DiCaprio was in Gangs of New York with Daniel Day-Lewis. So, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan? Oh, oh, I, oh okay, it's me. Um, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis was in... Uh, oh, oh, yeah, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis was in... Uh, there will be blood with. Uh, no, oh my gosh. Oh, I, oh, I, no, I'm about to... <laughs> no, I'm copping. Uh, he was in. Uh, there will be blood. Okay, shoot. Can I change the movie? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, okay, he was in uh, Phantom Thread with. <laughs> I'm trying to think who was in this. Leslie dude, Hill. dude, Daniel Day Lewis. Why do you gotta do this? He's he's been in so many movies. Oh oh, crud! He was in Lincoln with uh, Tommy Lee Jones. There you go. Uh, who's next? You. Okay. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones was in Men in Black with Will Smith. That's an easy one. Chase. Uh, By the way, you can't repeat any actors or movies. Oh okay. Because I have to mention the movie that Will Smith is in, and yeah, uh, just another another actor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Will Smith was in the movie. Uh, what? Um, Will Smith was in a movie called. Uh, oh my God! After Earth with Jaden Smith. Oh Lord. Uh, okay, that's back to me. So Jaden Smith was in uh, the Karate Kid with Jackie Chan. Okay, uh, yeah. Jackie Chan was in. Um, uh. What, was it Shanghai Nights? Was that the one with him and Owen Wilson? Yeah. Okay, with Owen Wilson. <laughs> Ryan? Oh, uh, Owen Wilson was in... Uh, he was in Wedding Crashers with Vince Vaughn. I just saw that movie. Rodrigo? Vince Vaughn was in Hacksaw Ridge with what? Andrew Garfield. He was in Hacksaw yeah. Ridge? Yeah, he yeah. was yeah. the drill instructor or whatever. Uh, Chase? Uh, Andrew Garfield was in a movie uh, called The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Dane DeHaan. Oh, what? Uh, I've got a few for that one. Um, oh, Dane DeHaan was in um, uh, Valerian, uh, The City of a Thousand Planets with uh, Cara Delevingne. Who? Oh, God. Okay, Cara Delevingne. Sorry, that's the only movie I knew. Cara Delevingne was, was also in Tulip Fever, also starring Dane DeHaan, and also starring Christoph Waltz. Okay, that's Here an easy one. Ryan, you get Christoph. Oh, well, well no, I, I keep thinking it's going to Rodrigo. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Christoph Waltz was in uh, Downsizing with Matt Damon. Ooh. Was he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Did okay. you see Downsizing? Nobody saw Downsizing. I didn't see it. 
Uh, Rodrigo, you get Matt Damon. Matt Damon was in The Martian with Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan was in that? That's an easy one. Yeah, he was. Okay, Chase. Sebastian Stan was in a movie called... uh, I don't want to be obvious and say Captain America like that. He was in a movie called... uh, the... He was in Avengers Infinity War with a Vin Diesel. Uh, oh, okay. Technically. Oh, um, oh, shoot. I believe Vin Diesel is in Fast and the Furious. Fate of the Furious? Is that what yeah. it is? Or is this called Fate of the Furious? Um, with yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, okay, Dwayne Johnson... Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, okay, he was in uh, Moana with songs by. Does this count, Lin Manuel Miranda? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> okay, he was in um he was in Moana with Jemaine Clement. Do you guys know who that is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ryan, do you know any Jemaine Clement films? I do. Um, Jermaine Clement was in. He was in Despicable Me. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He was in Despicable Me with, I don't want to say uh, Steve Carell, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, he was in uh, Despicable Me with uh, Kristen Wiig. Oh, okay. There you go. Kristen Wiig. Wait, he was, uh, Kristen Wiig wasn't in. Oh, yeah, he, she was. Yeah, she was. She played the, um, the orphanage the adoption lady. lady. Yeah. All right, Kristen Wiig for Rodrigo. Uh, Kristen Wiig was in... I'm trying to think. I don't want to get it confused with Kristen Bell because sometimes I get it confused. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. They look nothing alike. It just the names. Uh, mm. What is she on? God, I'm getting stumped. Are we allowed to do a save? Well, we'll, uh, we'll let him let him go for thirty more seconds. What for Christian uh, Wig? For Christian Wig. If not, Ryan can change his actor. To the uh, most okay, yeah, I can change it. Yeah, Jermaine Clement was yeah. in Despicable Me with Steve Carell. Sure. Um. God. Oh my gosh, I'm waiting a call. Thank it. Uh, can I pause for a second? Joking. Yeah. Yeah, pass the chase. <laughs> okay. Hello? Wait, can I do Kristen Wiig or do I have to yeah, do Yeah, either one. Yeah, yeah either, either okay. or. Okay, Kristen Wiig was in a movie called Ghostbusters with Sorry. Chris Hemsworth. Okay, Chris Hemsworth was in Thor with um, uh, Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston. Okay, Tom Hiddleston was in the movie Crimson Peak with Jessica Chastain. Okay. Uh, Jessica Chastain was in uh, Snow White and the Huntsman with, <laughs> she? yeah, she was yeah. with uh, Charlize Theron. Back to Chase. Charlie, Charlize Theron was in a movie called Kubo and the Two Strings. Wait, no, I don't know anybody who was in that movie. <laughs> uh, oh, I do. <laughs> Charlize Theron was in a movie called um, Mad Max Fury Road hmm. with. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy was Inception with. Oh nope, I can't use him. Um, 
Tom Hardy was in The Dark Knight Rises with Christian Bale. Okay, Christian Bale was in a little movie called Velvet Goldmine, starring <laughs> Ewan McGregor. Uh, Ewan McGregor um, was in Star Wars Episode Two: <laughs> Attack of the Clones with Samuel Jackson. Back to Rodrigo. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. You got Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson? Yes. Okay. Samuel L. Jackson was in... Three million movies. <laughs> yes, like You've got a load to choose from. <laughs> Speed round. Ten seconds per uh, person. Who was in Samuel L. Jackson? Pulp Fiction oh, with um, John Travolta. Chase. John Travolta was in a movie called Old Dog? Wait, no. New yep, something that's old, it. Old dogs. Old dogs with, that's it. With Robin Williams. Okay, Robin Williams was in um, ah, shoot, Dead Poets Society with um, oh, I don't know anyone else in that movie. Um, Robin Williams was in uh, ah, shoot, what's the Matt Damon one? Oh, uh, wait, give me a second. It's uh, you can't say Matt Damon. Oh yeah. shoot, I am. St- oh, Robin Williams was in Aladdin with. Oh, I don't know anyone else in that movie. Robin Good Williams. <laughs> No, no help. I have to... Ah, this is going to be bad. I cannot. Robin Williams was in... um, uh, Oh, wait. He was in Dead Poets... Or what's it called? The... uh, With Ben Affleck. Oh, shoot. Ah, what's it called? That's still Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Thank you. I can use the movie, but you can't use the same actor. Yeah. Is it Ben Affleck? Is it? Yes. Yeah, Affleck. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Ben Affleck was in Shakespeare in Love with Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was in... Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, she was in this really bad movie called View from the Top with Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. What? <laughs> My sister loved that movie. It's so Ooh. bad. That's a hard one. I don't know any Michael uh, Myers movies. Uh, I actually just remember one. Uh, Mike Myers was in Inglorious Bastards. He sure was. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, Brad Pitt. Nice. Well, Brad Pitt was in a movie called Deadpool 2 with Ryan Reynolds. Was he? What? Yeah, yes, he was. For a second. Oh. Cameo. Ryan Reynolds was in uh, Adventureland with Kristen Stewart. Oh, shoot, he was. Okay. Uh, Kristen Stewart was in uh, Twilight, obviously, with Robert Pattinson. Uh, shoot. Um, he, okay. Okay. Robert Pattinson, cannot think of any movies he's been in. Yeah, that's uh, actually harder than you think once you get rid of Twilight. Yeah, um... God, uh, he, oh, he was in, um, he was in, uh, High Life with, I'm trying to think who was in that, um, he was in, uh, oh, God, I'm stumped, um, God, there's, I don't know, okay, uh, what was he in? He was in, um, the, 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 oh, he was in Harry Potter 4 with, um, there we go. Uh, Emma Watson. Good pull. Good pull. 
I thought I thought you were done. I was about to end it, but then no. you got there. Emma, Emma Watson was in Perks of Being a Wallflower with Ezra Miller. Oh, uh, Ezra Miller was in a movie called uh, um, uh, Justice League with Gal Gadot. Did we already? No, we didn't do Gal Gadot. No, we didn't okay. see an example. Um, okay, Gadot was in uh, Wonder Woman with uh, yeah, Robin Wright. <laughs> okay, uh, Robin Wright. I'm sorry, that's cheating because we already did that, basically. Okay. Um, Gal Gadot was in Wonder Woman with... Uh, no, Gal Gadot was in... Um, no, never mind. I don't remember the name of that film. She was in Wonder Woman with Chris Pine. Okay. Um, how hard? How hard should I go? Uh, Why do you know? <laughs> um, okay, Chris Pine was in Star Trek with Zoe Saldana. Uh, Zoe Saldana. Ooh. Zoe Saldana was uh, in Avatar with Sam Worthington. Oh. How dare you? What? Game over. <laughs> Who the hell remembers Sam Worthington? Who the hell is this person? <laughs> you already took the one movie that he's in. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. I, I literally can't do anything with this. Okay, so I saw Donna. She was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy with uh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper was in A Star is Born with Sam Elliott. I was about to say, if you see Lady Gaga, uh, that's ooh, good one. I got, ooh, Sam Elliott was in a movie called Barnyard with Kevin James. <laughs> oh, my God. God's name? Okay, Kevin James <laughs> is in, and we'll play this game for about five more minutes, but uh, Kevin James <laughs> is in Paul, no, I don't know, I don't remember anybody in Paul Blart, Mall Cup. Uh, Kevin really? James was in um, Grown Ups 2. Sadly, I don't remember if he was in the first one, honestly, but I remember he was in Grown Ups too with um, Mr. Adam Sandler. Okay, um, Adam Sandler was in The Wedding Singer with Steve Buscemi. Uh, Steve Buscemi was in Monsters Inc. with Billy Crystal. Ah, uh, you, you you took my Billy Crystal movie. Ah. <laughs> Uh, we have to go as fast as possible. Get as many in as these I'm, five minutes as we can. I no, I can't think of a movie with Billy Crystal though. Yeah, you you can because it had a sequel. Nope, doesn't count. That, that's cheating, right? Yeah, that's cheating. That's okay. cheating. Uh, I I can't. Oh no. <laughs> It's not. That's the end. I was not counting, but it was, it was over twenty. Not for movies. I thought that was easy. I can't name a Billy Crystal movie either. Wait, when Harry met Sally? Yeah, when Harry oh, met Sally. So what about what about that one movie? City Slickers. Like analyze a, this. Analyze that. What about that one movie where he was like a grandpa and he came back? Well, he was a grandpa and his wife, and like they came to visit his kids. His kids. And he had to watch them, and then, like, it came out a few years ago, but it was kind of bad. Dude, he yeah. was in The Princess Bride? Oh, he was. Really? He was oh, we already did Princess Bride, though, I think. No, we didn't. Uh, no, no, we didn't do Princess Bride. We did it, like, as the example. Oh, well, 
Either way, we did pretty well. I like that game. I might try to bring it back, but in a different way to where it's more competitive, so it could be more fun. But um, oh, well, uh, all of you people. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, we're gonna try to bring more games into the podcast. I don't. Know, I don't know about next week because I don't know what's happening with next week. But that'll be for the future. But before we get out of here, a few more things on the list. We have. Oh, I forgot because we're gonna bring it up. So coming out this week is spider-man or coming out this weekend is nothing but coming out this tuesday is spider-man far from home um me chase and rodrigo all got a chance to see it at an advanced screening on wednesday and Uh, rachel and rachel oh nice so almost everybody in this podcast has gotten a chance to see it at an advanced screening i'll go to rodrigo first what were your thoughts on this film amazing uh, fantastic i think it's better than homecoming it's mm-hmm. larger in scale uh but it's also a very intimate story um all the relationships in this movie work really well uh, it's really funny uh i think uh, jake Gyllenhaal does a great job i think the um the main villain in this movie is not quite as good as um uh the vulture michael keaton in, in the last one but it, it's just it's really good the action's a lot better spider-man's great and tom holland nails his role here and it has i think the best and most hype after credit sequence i've ever seen in a, in a marvel movie the after credit scene is better than the movie even though oh, yeah. it doesn't um next week we'll probably do a spoiler talk on um on this because i kind of want to talk about the after credit scene and the rest of the film but um rachel you go next what do you think yeah i really liked it um i think um it's it's interesting seeing things at advanced screenings because everyone is like their hype level is through the roof and everyone's like screaming so removing like thinking about it maybe a day later i think i i wasn't as in love with it but i think it's still like a very very good movie um i think the villain aspect falls pretty flat to me but everything else is really fun i think their comedy works really well and i like the kind of globe hopping aspect of it and all the characters are really great um and the humor in that world works really well like the opening oh i won't say but the opening like montage is very funny um but yeah overall i really liked it it's really fun chase uh i liked it um Mike Rodrigo said the villain wasn't as like uh, wasn't as good as Homecoming, in my opinion. But it's I Mike relate Keaton. to how could you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I relate to a lot of uh, Tom's. I mean Peter's awkwardness in the film. So that was a plus. Um, the I liked the action in the film. It was good. It seemed to be a lot more extreme than uh, Homecoming was. Uh, but uh, yeah, everybody did good. Zendaya was great. Um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jacob um, was good. Yeah, so... I, I've already, I, I do like this film. So because A lot of times when I review these films, I'll, I'll talk about it, and sometimes I'll focus on negative aspects, and it seems like I hate all these films. I did like this film. Um, but first of all, I, I came to this movie around 5.30. It was a 7.30 movie. And uh, I remember when I got there... The lady told me, um, you know, anyone past this person is not going to get in. And that was like 20 people ahead of me. And she was like, anyone who's past this has to hope the VIPs don't show up. And then 
you know. Um, and then if they don't show up, then y'all can get their seats. And so that happened, and I was like, you know what, I'll just stay anyway, whatever. And it was also like 90 degrees outside, so I wasn't very happy. Um, but then I ended up talking to this um, this person at the line, and she and they were actually pretty cool, and we kind of talked for like a few hours. And then, um, yeah, sorry, my dad's looking at me, and he's throwing off like my whole story. Hi, Dad. Um, <laughs> um so yeah so i was in line with these people and they were then we kind of talked for a few hours but they were all hot and then at the very end she was like okay we can get seven people into the movie and i was number like 10 or we i was number eight and then the two people behind me were number nine and ten so we were just like oh man whatever and then we just kind of sat outside the theater and then we just like we're talking like whatever and then finally she was like you know what whatever y'all have been sitting here y'all can sit in the first row so I didn't even think I was going to get into this movie. And I did, and I ended up sitting in the very first row at the corner, so one of the worst seats you could get. But then I came in, and it this is a good movie. I, I've talked about it, but there, there are a few things. Again, it's yeah, an advanced screening, everyone's cheering. There were a lot of scenes that everyone was like, you know, going crazy for, especially the after credit scene, which I genuinely could not hear. Like, I do not know what he said for, like, half of that after credit scene but um like when you're when i was watching when i thought about it after there are some things that just kind of kind of didn't work for me now a few were this is a superhero movie so there's going to be a lot of things that are like they're like high like when you come into a superhero movie you don't expect everything to be realistic because a, sp a person shooting spider webs out of his hands isn't realistic so when you have that movie, and I'm in that mindset, this is a superhero movie, don't take everything too seriously. And then there was a relationship between Spider-Man and MJ, Tom Holland and Zendaya. But their relationship was really, like, realistic in the way that they were both really awkward. Their dialogue was often really clunky. And I was like, in a film like Eighth Grade, or like a film that's, like, hyper-realistic, this relationship would be great. But in a Spider-Man film, it just kind of seems weird to move from really well-talked, dialogue, quippy Marvel movie to this really like awkward relationship between Zendaya and Tom Holland. And I think it was like a director's choice because even Zendaya in this film acted really awkward. And she's not an awkward person, but their whole... It seemed like she was being told to be like as awkward as possible to match Tom Holland, who is also being trying to act as awkward as possible while talking to her. So that relationship, I liked some aspects of it. I kind of liked how realistic it was, but then also it didn't completely fit in the movie. And now, secondly, um, I, Jake Gyllenhaal, I think the first half of this movie is a very generic superhero movie, and I actually wasn't that into it. I was actually very scared this was going to be another disappointing superhero movie. And then the thing happens. I'm not going to say what the thing is, but you'll know when the thing happens. And that thing happens, and then from that half, that point to the end of the movie I think becomes a really good movie and I kind of just wish I don't know you need the first half to set up kind of what happens in the second half but maybe I wish the first half of it was shorter so that way we could just get to that moment and get to that movie quicker because I liked the second half of this movie and what they did with Mysterio and everything like that but the first half didn't really do it for me like Rachel you were saying the opening credits that scene didn't really do it for me at all um 
which I'll also say, uh, if you haven't watched Endgame, you'll be spoiled within the first five minutes of this movie. So you have to watch Endgame um, before watching this film. But I will just say, in totality, I think Jay Gyllenhaal is, was a really good character. I think he's one of the more interesting characters in the MCU, maybe since Doctor Strange, honestly. Like, I would actually really want to see a Mysterio solo Or actually, I would really like to see Mysterio and Doctor Strange in the same movie. I don't know why. I just think that'd be a cool pairing. But I, I think Mysterio is a really interesting character. I think Jake Gyllenhaal did the best with what he was given to do, even though I didn't love what they did at the very end with his character. Um, but... I think in totality, he was really good. Tom Holland always kills it. I think Jacob was pretty good. The humor is actually works well, I think, the whole time. There weren't that many jokes that I think fell flat like in some of these other movies. Like Besides like maybe some of the stuff at the beginning, I think everything kind of was all right. So with all that being said, I know I, I give reviews a lot longer than everybody else because I like mm. talking about these things. But um, I, think it was, I think it was a good movie. Um, I will say in a summer where I've been disappointed over and over again, like I didn't love Endgame as much as I wanted to or Toy Story 4 as much as I wanted to, where it seems like every single movie that I've had expectations for has been a little bit of a letdown. This one wasn't a letdown at all. Um, and then I'll say again, you have to stay to the very end because both credit scenes are very important, um, especially the second one. The second one kind of changes what the entire movie was about. So we'll talk about that next week. But... I think in totality, it's a good. This is a good movie. Um, there's lots of good elements. I'm really excited with what they did for how they're going to do the next movie. I think they're set up to make a really cool third movie. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a good entry into the MCU. I think a lot of people were scared that like, oh, the MCU is not going to really be anything after Endgame. I think this movie dispels that. They're still going to have good movies after Endgame. There's still a lot of cool things that they can do. Um, also, one side point, and I'll stop rambling in a second, but one side point, I don't really like how they address the snap. Um, that's all I'll leave it at, but I don't really like how they do address it in this movie. I don't really like how they address the snap. But uh, I don't know. We'll get into more spoilery talks next week when we really get into everything that happened in this movie. But for now, I'll give this... A B plus. I think it was a good movie. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see what happens in the rest of this series. And, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's about as good as you can do to follow up a movie like Endgame is to have this film. It's a really fun film as well. What about y'all? What grades would y'all give it? Um, mm. Yeah, I guess about like a B plus. B, B plus. Mm -hmm. Rodrigo? Yeah, B plus. Uh, Sorry. I'd, I'd give yeah. it an A minus. Okay. Cool. Yeah, but it's a good movie. Um, it's slated to make like a hundred fifty million dollars or something over this weekend. So over the six days, so it'll do fine. Ryan, I didn't get a chance to see yesterday, um, but I kind of wanted to. Which weird thing is, uh, I thought Rachel McAdams was in this movie. I don't know why, <laughs> but I just did. And when when I heard that she wasn't in the movie and it was Lily James, I for some reason just got a lot less excited for the movie. Even though I think Lily James is fine, but um, I know you really like Lily James, but I don't know why. But when I thought it was Rachel McAdams, I was like, oh, okay, this is a real romantic comedy. But it wasn't. So then I just ended up not watching it. But you said you didn't love it. What do you I, really think I, about this? Movie? 
I thought it was good. It wasn't great. I like. I think Lily James is the best part of the film. Um, and Danny Boyle, Danny Boyle's always been like a hit and miss for me. Even though I like uh, Some Dog Millionaire, he kind of turned me off um, when he did 127 Hours, and because like the editing and like camera work in that film is, I think, is very little too avant garde for me. And in this film, like he doesn't not do that it's just a, like the way that like he, they tell the story of um trying to do like realism and some of these themes uh, you just really don't need it like there's this one scene where jack is like looking at these he's like in a dark room and he's like looking at like multiple like big screens like seeing his like popularity rise and i'm like hey you really don't need that um it's a weird it's an interesting concept it just wasn't all that executed all it wasn't executed all that well in the main character he's kind of a buzzkill to the point to where you're like you're not really all that interesting like he has a dry sense of humor which i love but the main character wasn't all that interesting uh lily james was good kate mckinnon i think like i've seen her play a character like this before and it was okay. I was kind of disappointed. Okay, so those are, those are your real options, I guess, because uh, this week, yesterday, is the only really big movie that... Oh, and Annabelle Comes Home, I think, also came out this week. <laughs> so you get to choose between those two or watching Toy Story again, or Endgame again. Which, side note, Endgame is not gonna... It's not. Avatar, based off these re-releases, so unless they re-release again at the end of the year, it's not gonna happen. But, um, which is just a weird idea i think at all I, I there are two ideas i think were better dan merle said one where he said they should have packaged infinity war and endgame as one movie where they just slid the scenes around to where you could put it all in one movie maybe put an intermission in there somewhere but then that should have been the movie experience but then he later said they wouldn't know if that would have counted towards endgame's box office or infinity wars mm. and then there was another person, I think Steve Weintraub, who said this should have happened at the end of the year. So there was, people get more time to really forget about Endgame. Because this isn't technically a re-release because Endgame never left theaters. It's just an expansion. But with that being said, it's not going to work. Uh, it's not going to beat Avatar yet, or I don't think ever. But that's fine. $2.7 million is not something to be sad about if you're Disney. Um, so let's end... With uh, movie spotlights, we do it every week. One movie, TV show. Do you want to talk about before we leave? We'll start with Chase. Oh wait, so wait, a recommendation? Yeah. Uh, movie recommendation. Movie recommendation. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I, I haven't really checked anything out recently, but uh, one good movie that's kind of underrated is Storks. No. Uh, I rewatched it, and uh, I don't like it as much as I first saw it, but it's a good movie, uh, great animation, Warner Brothers, check it out. It's sweet, charming, good, and uh, I'm not sure what it's on, maybe Hulu, but um, uh, definitely check it out. It's good. Andy Samberg's in it. Uh, 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 who else? Uh, Gustavo Rock from Big Time Rush is in it. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, 
uh, it's big cast. Definitely check. Oh, Key and Peel are in it too. And uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Rodrigo. Um, so I'm just I'm probably gonna be a little repetitious from what you'll have said earlier in other mm. shows. Um, Fleabag, uh, <laughs> just such a good show. Fleabag um, has been mentioned on every single episode for like the last four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it just it just good. Like I just the first I think the first half of the first season is a little slow, but once you kind of get a nice grip on it, especially in the writing, just gets better in season two. I just really captivating you just want to keep going it's so good it's really funny and yeah. it's my type of so i i embrace it i believe yeah i agree season two just completely elevated that show and and then andrew scott so good um ryan um anything good uh i'm currently watching the good place uh it's a fun show uh season one like it's pretty slow at the beginning, um, at the beginning of season one, then season two, um, and then at the end of season one, it picks up because you find out like what the good place actually is. Uh, Ted Danson is like I laughed a little like too hard like a few of the lines that Ted Danson has said in season two, where he's just you can just tell he's having so much fun with this character. Um, I'm not gonna spoil like what his character is um but like you find out everybody's intentions in season two and he just rolls with it and um and i had a good feeling about it when i first started it because i'm a big uh michael skur fan however you pronounce his last name because he did uh parts and rec and he wrote for snl and it's a fun time i'm enjoying it rachel um earlier this month or maybe last month no earlier this month um, I watched. I finally watched Ichimama Tambien. Oh, that's a very yeah. good. It's so good. Oh it's, man. <laughs> it's so like it's so sad. It's much sadder than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just so good. I need to. It makes me want to watch more um, Alfonso Cuarón stuff. I've seen Roma and Azkaban in this now, um, but I want to watch like Children of Men and more stuff he's done in Gravity. Um, but it's just so good and so sad. And I and um, all the performances are good, especially Diego Luna and Gail Garcia Bernal. They're great. I think the woman's great too. I forget yeah. her name. Um, um, oh, what is her name? I, I think like, it's Maribel something. Yeah, Maribel Verdu. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's to me. In my opinion, Alfonso Cuarón's best film, but quite a lot. Um, I love Ito Mama Tambien. I want to talk about NBC Songland. Um, no. It's a show uh, that's like it's about songwriters, and it's like these four people come in, they play their song for this famous musician or whatever and then if their song gets chosen they get to go into the you know the booth or whatever and they get to work with these famous producers like ryan tether from one republic or whatever and then they get their song you know they make it a little bit better sometimes a little worse and then they get to pitch it to these artists and then these artists get to make it into a real song and I, i'm not gonna lie i think this is my favorite show that's on right now i watch it every week and it's not always great the songs aren't always great but ryan tether is like He's been, he's really underrated. He's been like holding up the pop game for like a really long time. I can't list all the songs that he's made, but I remember he made Halo by Beyonce. Like a whole, a lot of these like huge things. So he's on this show. There's some country music guy. And... But Ryan Tedder's the cool one. But then you get these artists in, like the Jonas Brothers episode was really good. And it's just like, 
you get to see kind of how songwriting works and it's not super the way that songwriting works because of course not all songwriters are you know because every person that comes on this show is like pretty and you know they can sing that's not how songwriting really works but like it's it's a good show it's a nice hour every tuesday at nine um and i don't know i just think it's it's gonna get canceled which is sad i think because it only has like four million viewers a week so i don't i don't think this show is gonna last but it's it's a good show, and I think it's my favorite. It gives me the same vibes that I got the first time The Voice came on, because I used to really like The Voice, and then The Voice kind of ended up not being so good towards seasons like six or seven. I think that's when I kind of started going out. But then this show's good. I really like it, and it produces some good songs. Listen to Green Light by Jonas Brothers or well, We Need Love by uh, John Legend. There's some good songs that come out of here. Don't listen to the Megan Trainor song that just came out. That one's not that good. But mm-hmm. NBC's Songland, I would I would highly recommend that. I'm still watching Euphoria. Um, it's like it's a train wreck that I can't keep my eyes off of. Um, but yeah, for Rachel, Ryan, Rodrigo, Chase, and me, David, that's the end of the summer show for this week. We'll be back next week talking Spider Man talking uh more spider-man i don't know i don't know what we're gonna talk about (laughs) um just talk about spider-man for two hours um because i probably i probably could myself um no help Mm. but Mm. we'll be back next week and then the week after that i might not be here but it'll be fun anyway but again for everyone we're out and goodbye Bye. bye bye bye